So, like I said, big cartoon enthusiast. What are the odds? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it really does pay to be a big, gigantic nerd in an encyclopedia of all things knowledge uh, knowledge on cartoons. So I'm going to do like a uh, vlog or like a discussion topic on the history of animation soon, come to think of it. So anime. Now I'm a big fan of My Hero Academia. Um, try to watch One Punch Man, Attack on Titan, and um, some other ones. Um, but it's just a lot out there, so... I mean, mm -hmm. I may catch like a little sneak of the anime that a lot of my friends, like even voice actors that I look up to, like, um, you know, my boy Kaki is in Dragon Ball stuff and he's in a lot of anime by Funimation. So, um, I mean, that's, I guess is a, my other big question. Um, so like once you progress your way into, um, if you're deciding that if you want to start taking voice acting more seriously and if you want to move up the ranks as a professional, would you consider like maybe, um, moving to, either LA, Texas, or New York for like, like audition opportunities for like where the work actually is, or are you just fine where you are, but you would like to work on a show by, um, say Funimation or in a show in LA or like in a cartoon, like someday, if you wanted to start becoming a more professional voice actress. Oh, I've definitely thought about moving. Um, I definitely, I, I have some friends in the Dallas area and, um, yeah. I would really love to one day move down there and kind of pursue this on a more professional level. That would be the absolute dream for me. Um, and, you know, I'm in uh, Massachusetts, and so um, New York is, yeah. you know, closer <laughs> than Texas. So I've thought about that, yeah. too. Um, but yeah, it's definitely crossed my mind. It's just kind of getting all of my ducks in a row and getting the finances for it. <laughs> yeah, so like, are there like many opportunities where you are currently living right now in Massachusetts or like where you are right now, I bet. Um, so like, do you um, get like opportunities like um, maybe do a little bit of like stage, like theater acting or like any opportunities that goes on where you where you're currently at? There are good opportunities for stage acting around, um, yeah. you know, the Massachusetts area. But for voice acting, though? Yeah, not so much voice acting. All of my voice acting work has come from online projects. <laughs> yeah. So do you also play, like, a lot of... Are you, like, a gamer by any chance? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love video games. Spyro the Dragon was my first video game that I ever played on PlayStation when I was very young. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. So, like, um, aside of, you know, the Nintendo stuff and, of course, Sonic, um, any other gaming franchises that you mostly, um, yeah, and also Spyro, like, any other ones that come to mind? Oh, Legend of Zelda, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I that's love... a Nintendo franchise. <laughs> oh, did you say not in the Nintendo franchise? Not Nintendo. I mean, like, you can say Nintendo, um... Yeah, Nintendo and non-Nintendo stuff. Um, Resident Evil. I love Resident Evil, even though it's super dark and gritty. I love zombies. I love zombie uh, games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, um, I know I said that, like, I like, um, you know, the spooky... I mean, like, since Halloween is, like, right around the corner, how fitting. Um, I don't know. I just... I'm kind of like a weak, I don't really have a strong stomach and I'm just kind of like a little bit um, of a security cat when it comes to like the jump scares or horror films because like, 
you know, um, today's media, today's youth, um, they're just really always into, like, you know, the horror stuff, and, um, and remember, boy, and remember, son, if you watch too much horror movies, then you yourself might think that every, the reality is a horror movie, and they might get you into, and you might start thinking that what's actually happening on, string, on screen may actually happen to you in real life, so, um, there's that little old saying there, um, but, like, horror films, I just kind of don't really, um, get, I'm not really, like, a huge fan of it, but, um, <laughs> I will admit there are, like, a lot of franchises that I have, um, some respect for, but I don't really get myself too caught up into it. That's kind of how it is with me. Mm. Um, and as far as, like, movies go, um, are you a big Disney fan by any chance? Yeah, I actually used to work for Disney. Oh, oh yeah! Like, um, how is it like um working with um Disney um during the time that yeah yeah like in the past when you did um how would you describe your experience? It was because I actually want to hear this. <laughs> it was great. Um, I worked in Frontierland. I um was an attractions cast member over at Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, it was it was great. It was an amazing experience. Is the only way to put it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, so like for Disney itself, was it always something that like you always had a big, big passion for as a kid? Um, other than, uh, was it like something that you were considered like a big nerd? Um, also something that you would, you're really into and you kind of still am right now oh. that it kind of has an impact into your life? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge Disney nerd. <laughs> oh yeah, like favorite like, it could be, like, for movies in general, like, non-Disney, Disney, just any movies that, you know, you really love. Hmm. That's a hard one. I mean, if we're going to talk a oh. <laughs> about Disney movies, I really love Mulan a lot. <laughs> hmm. Um, man, I can't even think of... It's been a while since I've, like, sat down and watched a movie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's understandable. I mean, like, um, I could go on about, like, I'm kind of like a big movie buff. I mean, I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Um, and, of course, I love Disney and some other movies. But, like, usually the most memorable ones that recent ones that I would see are, like, Marvel-related and Disney or Pixar. Um, and there's, like, a lot of big favorites of like that I used that I love watching um like I love the Pixar movies like um Toy Story Finding Nemo Monster Inc um um Ratatouille The Incredibles um yeah Wally up and even recently like Coco is another is one that really took me by surprise because of how really deep it was uh yeah considering yeah it delved into such themes um that is kind of a little too mature but like it I don't want to give away any spoilers, but like once you actually see the movie, then you can understand what I'm talking about. So as far as like Disney, um, not Pixar, um, I love the Disney Renaissance movies from the 90s. Um, love The Little Mermaid, um, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, um, um, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan. And yeah, there's a lot that I really like watching. Um, Tangled and... Um, um let's see what else what else um i guess moana oh zootopia is another big favorite of mine um 
sort of like Rose. I kind of like Frozen, but Zootopia is like now Zootopia is kind of like one of my top five favorite Disney movies of all time. <laughs> come to think of it, so that one's yeah, a good one. Big Disney fan, so yeah, uh, because it also has like you know themes of not spoiling anything, but if you watch the movie, then you can see that like a lot of these movies delves into like the more mature topics like themes that goes on actually goes on into the real world which is kind of when you really think of it it's impressive that they actually did it because uh, if you look at today's society it can be a little depressing but well i mean it's something that's like a big learning experience and some we must arm ourselves with knowledge if we want to survive out here mm -hmm. like making it out into the world by ourselves so Good. That's another big lesson to learn. Um, so, like, as far as, like, you know, your range goes, um, I know you might also touched upon this earlier, but, like, um, favorite voices that you can do, like, as far as, like, your actual range of voices that you can do, um, like, favorite, favorite type of voices that you can pull off and some that are, like, a little bit trickier, like, more challenging that you can't really do as well, but you kind of wish that you could uh, do a little better. I want to say least favorite, but, like, um, favorite and some of your most different one trickier voices that you could pull off um i mean when it comes to higher pitch voices those come very natural to me because i have a higher pitch voice like when i'm doing amy it's usually just kind of like a couple of notches a little bit higher like sonic <laughs> like it's just like a little bit on like the higher slightly whinier side um and i would say that for tails um uh -huh. it's a lot of fun to do tails because it's more of like a like a raspier like Hi, my name is Tails. <laughs> and like when I was first doing my Tails voice, for some reason my inspiration was like Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. And oh, I was That's what I was actually about to get. <laughs> yeah. To an almost it sounds a lot like the early Ash. I know. Come to think of it. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> it's I used to do a lot of like Ash impressions when I first started doing <laughs> Um, tails, and I'd be like, Pikachu, I choose you. <laughs> and it was just a lot of fun. I really like doing like the more like raspy characters. I think that that's also a lot of fun. I like doing like little boy characters and you know, like higher pitch characters. I don't know. It's just, um, uh, that's pretty much my range. I don't have much of a lower voice. I mean, I did yeah. use a lower voice for Rouge when I did Rouge once, and it was, that was yeah. definitely more challenging for me because Rouge is a little bit more like, ooh, like, ooh la la. Like, <laughs> I'm not, like, as good with that as, like, I don't know exactly, like, how to say it. It's more like there's more... More sultry, yeah, like, more yeah, deeper. Yeah, it's definitely kind of, more yeah. sultry. And that's definitely a more I difficult bet. voice I for dare. me to do. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, with Blaze, though, uh, was it, like, also another thing? Does it fall into, like, the same category as Rouge, or is it kind of, like, a little bit easier? What was it? To your voice, at least. No, I mean, like, with when you did blaze like do you consider it just like being in the same category as rouge or do you find it like a little bit easier blaze is a like, little bit that's more comfortable to your voice blaze is a little bit easier like is it half and half 
Yeah, so like, um, how does your place voice sound? I don't really remember. I don't really recall. What was it? I said, how does your, what is your voice voice? Like, what, how does it sound? Because like, I don't think I actually heard it yet. I've only done it like once and it was for the, oh. the recent like beach episode. <laughs> it was only a couple of lines. I don't even really know like what my real like blaze voice is. Okay. Yeah, um, but like for the Sonic characters, um, I know you said that like, um, yeah, Tails and Amy are some of your big favorites that you like to do. Um, any other voice impressions that like you really enjoy doing outside of Sonic? Um, I mean, I like doing Ash Ketchum. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really have like, uh, I, I don't have like a lot of impressions that i've done i've never been very good at like a lot of impressions <laughs> i'm not as good as impersonating people <laughs> oh yeah like if people want me to impersonate someone they usually want me to impersonate like a celebrity or like even a president like um like do, trust me like anybody watching this never Please don't ask me to do like a Barack Obama or Donald Trump impression. Just please don't ask me. Like, I, I mean, I'm not just saying that because like uh, people actually have asked me, but like, um, if we're just kind of joking around in a call and we just kind of break out into like impressions of just people, then Trump is like kind of like one popular one for some reason. Then like, I'm just like, no, I, I'm good. I don't want to do it like impressions of like celebrities or whatnot, but like, um, as far as like character impressions and like voices that um I guess if I want to describe like my voice range, um well, I mean I know that like as you're hearing right now, um uh, my voice is kind of like more at a teener level. So um I know that I you might think that like I might be more capable of doing like, you know, the lower type of characters, which um for the record, I can only really do if I first wake up in the morning, just so you just to let you know. Um because, like, if I first wake up, then, like, um, my voice just gets really kind of little baritone and deep. And right now, I just don't really, I don't think I can really pull it off as well, as convincing as, like, how it sounds in the morning. So, like, um, like if I try to go, like, really deep right now, um, <laughs> then you might know that I almost sound like Shadow, for instance, um, with this really deep, raspy voice. Um, I can't really do it that well. Like, even if I'm talking right now because it's the afternoon. So, um, or like if I wanted to do like a deep work voice like this, um, I just have to get really low, like sound like Dr. Cole from Inspector Gadget. And like, yeah, that's like kind of difficult to do. It took me some time to actually get that, get that down. But like, um, deeper voices are always hard, especially if I have to do like an old, old elderly voice. Kind of sounding a little bit like this. You kiss these days with your iPhones and your Twitters and your Facebooks and your Instagrams. Back in the days, we only used to communicate through these cans and we had them as telephones. Telephones, sir. Yeah, like, I was in the war once, my sonny, and yeah, I can't really do elderly voices. But for like, um, there's my nat- this is my regular speaking voice, um... And, well, um, I guess I, well, 
you can mostly hear my voice. Um, I just kind of really like to do this really higher, um, like the type of nerdy voice. Um, and it also has a little bit of a rasp in it. Um, so this is the type of voice that I would do for like characters that are like mostly kind of, um, a little shy per se. Um, or if like if I wanted to go like really nerdy, that this is one voice, that this is like, um, the most common voice that I really like to do. Um, I mean, like, it kind of started off as, like, a bad impression of Spongebob, but I just kind of made it into my own after a while. Or, like, um, or, um, like, one other character with a voice. Like, just a nerdy type of voice. That's what I mostly like to call it. Um, and then, like, there's, um, you know, this voice that I can, that I some, sort of sometimes do. Um, and if I do a voice like that, that, that means you might want to... Say that, like, it sounds like, you know, a take of Ryan Drum is Sonic. So, like, um, especially if I say the lines like, um, What you see is what you get. I'm just a guy that loves adventure. I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. Or, yeah, just lines like that. Um, so there's, these are, like, um, the type of voices that I really have the most fun with. Um, and Sonic is always one of my favorites that, um, I always like to impersonate, which, um, I did mention a while back, so there you go. That's my, um, I guess, Sonic Ryan Drummond impression, as you just heard. So there you go, Megan. <laughs> I hope that you're kind of, yeah, happy about it. So um, other characters I can't really say I can do as well as, like, you know, as my good boy Sonic. So um, if I try to do more character voices, I can't really do it. Um, I mean, I could try to do Knuckles, but... It, feels more along the lines of my, my regular voice and um i just have to make it sound a little bit um like rougher but <laughs> um and like with dr eggman i cannot do because i'm not <laughs> i cannot get screen i mean no disrespect to my colleague but like um i i just don't think that i can really do a voice that's kind of like this for a long extended periods amount of time like from time and time again i'm gonna get you sonic um like a voice is like that or or even Dean Bristow, um, just, just, let's, I think that's really, like, you know, the range that, um, I know that, um, that I can do sort of semi-well, but, like, um, the higher, uh, like, you know, ranges that are, like, more in my higher range, I can do it more, um, convincing me, or, like, um, I never get asked to do this a lot, but, like, um, Playing a character that's like really, really high, like doing a high pitched character voice, haha. <laughs> like um the Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse type of voice. Um, nobody really asked me to do that. Um, I don't really enjoy it as often, but people get surprised whenever I I can talk this. Well, I mean I can talk this high, but then at the same time, I just I just don't think I've reached puberty yet. I mean I people say that I'm like I think I have, but like um I just... I kind of sound, like, really deep. I'm kind of almost 19 now. <laughs> so, like, if I wanted to troll people like that, um, I just... I just go with a voice like this, and then... I drop down like this. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually 14 years old. <laughs> but that's my range. I know I, I embarrass myself live, which I apologize, but it kind of happens because this is kind of like one podcast where I just kind of... Me and the guests just kind of goofs around, but like, um, kind of curious. So like, um, with the voices, like, if you're hearing my voice right now, which, um, characters are like the voice, like the type of characters do you think that I can like do really well with as you just, uh, kind of heard my little demonstration, like my little demo reel, if you can even call it that, but just kind of a curious question. Like, what do I you mean, think? I, I like the Mickey Mouse. <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just, okay, I just but did. like. Yeah, so like um the Sonic one, I people say that like um that um I almost like what people usually tell me is that like um they at first when they hear my voice, they don't really think that I could pull it off. But then I actually start doing it and people just get really surprised. So you might never know. Um so like when I actually do the voice, then people are just like, Yeah, I think you actually I think you kinda have a voice that's like sounds a little similar like, you know, Ryan Drummond or Jason Griffith. Um I know know about Roger Craig Smith, which is kind of like what most people, what some people would say that like my voice would, like what seemingly would say that like I was sort of fit, but yeah, it's just like kind of a work in progress. So just, what do you think personally? About your sonic voice? Yeah. Oh, Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I think it kind of cut off, but like, yeah, just my sonic voice. What's up? What I was asking? Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, moving on to um, from the admiration that you sometimes get from, like, especially from Jim. Um, do you? How do you usually handle, like, you know, with the criticism or just even the toxic side of, like, you know, the negative negativity that goes on on the internet? What as far as like, you know, the voice acting realm goes on the interwebs and whatnot. I mean, I try not to give it too much thought or attention because I used to do um, some dubs with uh, Zelda Universe and, you know, it was the same thing where a lot of times a lot of fans have a particular way where they imagine a character being portrayed and sometimes they're not happy with the way that somebody else betrays them um so it's just you know you gotta accept that there are some people who aren't happy about it but you know you just gotta keep going and doing your own thing mm -hmm. yeah um i think that's kind of like something along the lines of like what i was saying earlier like um the hate or the toxic side of you know the community as the way it is. Um, I think pretty much what I said earlier kind of still applies here. So I don't think I, there's really no point of repeating what I just previously said. So um, <laughs> I almost feel embarrassed to ask this next question, but like, um, I just really um, ask like only, sp only certain people, but like, um, I know that there's been like a case for like um, somebody like um, say Kira Buckland, for instance, like a, a well-known VA voice actress on the internet, like, she recently had dealt with like a, a stalker or somebody like that. Um, so like um, if there's any instances where like you feel like um, like I just wanted to I'm just curious. Have you dealt with like any um, creepy stalkers or any love lighters or like guys that like may try to hit like flirting with you on the Internet of some sort? Because um, I know it was a pretty big deal, like as it is on. Yeah, as you might get, like sometimes people who may like start um hitting like give you some um that may want seem really interested in you at some sort like that um i've never been like stalked or anything but there you know there have been like a couple of cases where there are some guys who express that <laughs> they really like me and it's a 
a little uncomfortable at times. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, I haven't experienced anything too bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask you because, um, I just been hearing like a lot of stories, horror stories from like, um, people who have dealt with like, you know, um, creepers and like any guys or girls that they find on the internet who might um go a little bit crazy so uh it's just a question that just i just kind of came like sort of improv right here but um in your spare time um going back to some more positive stuff um in your spare time do you watch any series on youtube or etc um i i definitely watch a jello apocalypse a lot <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I actually met him last month at an anime convention. Oh, really? And um, where I'm at, like in California, um, I'm like almost close to near cities like LA, like um, places like LA and Orange County. So I went to a convention in Pomona and I actually met Brandon in person. He was a pretty nice guy, but he was tall though. <laughs> so no disrespect to you, Brandon, like Jello Apocalypse, if he ever watches this, but yeah, but Jello is a nice fella. <laughs> so anybody else? I don't mean. I'm sorry to like interrupt you. Oh no! I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, I watch like a good amount of YouTube, but it's kind of sporadic. Like I'll watch some Markiplier. I'll watch some PewDiePie. I'll watch, um, you know, Shane Dawson. Jacksepticeye. <laughs> yeah, and like also Jack. Septiguy, like the big gamers. Yeah, like, I like Jack uh, too. Big celebrities, yeah, and like even the game grumps, like with Aaron and Danny and mm -hmm. um, the crew. Yeah, um, any YouTubers I watch, um, well, abridging abridging groups like um, I know a Jell Apocalypse um with his content. Um, I also like to watch Team Four Star and like Little Creepo with Yu Gi Oh abridged, and um, I. Think outside of abridging. Um, we also watch some animations, animators on YouTube, like um, um, you know, Eagleraptor, um, Kerbifer, Oni, Psychic Babble, Sonic Diggity, Diggity Demon, Harry, Harry Partridge, and um, yeah, Elsid and um, Twistagram, and just watch animators, animations, and I also watch some voice actor panels on to in anime conventions, and um, I thing i may sometimes tune in on vo buzz weekly if i get the chance so i think that's pretty much about it um for me um any plan are there any plans for the future you want to discuss like any upcoming projects uh or conventions we can look forward to like any future cons that you might be attending where people can um you know expect to see your appearance at and yeah just um future stuff that you want to work on in the you're working on in the future that you may want to discuss to the people out there currently listening um, well, the next uh, convention that I'll be going to will actually be Sonic Fan Jam in November. I'll be going with Jim and Mike and Justin, and we'll all be representing Sasso Studios. So if you're in the, I think, Savannah area, I think it's in Savannah, uh, definitely yeah. check it out. Uh, well, and sadly, I hate to say this, but like... Um, I'm kind of a little, um, you know, I'm kind of really protective with, you know, the money that I have. So I can't really afford, like, to go on a plane to travel to Savannah, Georgia to see you guys. And <laughs> just okay. meet any of the other guests that are currently, that will be there. But 
It's sad that, like, you know, this is, might actually be, like, the last fan jam this year that I've heard. Yeah, is that's it, what I've heard, I too. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a shame that I'll never be able to experience it fully. But um, I have went to Sonic Revolution um, twice, like, two years in a row in 2017 and 2018. Um, did I go 2016? No, two years in a row, like, in Whittier, California. So there's that, if they still, if they keep doing it, at least. Um, so, yeah. That's where many people may expect to see me at, and on a yearly basis, if they want to see me in person. But don't stalk me, okay? <laughs> okay. No, but don't try to, like, hunt me down, go on a wish hunt towards me, or anything like that. Um, and what are some trends or memes that you're kind of tired of hearing about that you're just not really a big fan of? Mm. I know that every single time that we stream, somebody says something about Uganda Knuckles. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or like the people in the YouTube comments, comments just making like, um, you know, whenever a new video comes, like is uploaded, people are always jumping into like, you know, um, like whenever the first comment is always like, first or second, third, fourth, fifth. I'm just like, um, yeah, just shut up. <laughs> like that's one trend that I'm kind of a little sick of. But outside of like, as far as memes go, um, Gaganda Knuckles is one I literally don't understand because, like, I keep trying to understand, like, what was the origin behind that meme, um, and I just still scratch my head. Like, what? So, that's... Honestly, there are some trends or memes that I don't really particularly care for, but they never really bother me as much. I mean, I may be, um... I'm kind of a sucker for, like, a good old, like, you know, memes about, like, cartoons or Spongebob or, like, Dragon Ball Z or My Hero Academia or whatnot. Um, just, if I if I wanted to be, like, that type of spoopy person on the internet. So, mm. it's not really much. Um, so, any advice that you want to give to, um, I guess, the fans of Sasso Studios or the people who want to wish to follow in your footsteps, like... What, um, any advice that you want to give to anybody who wants to get into voice acting or anybody who wants to get into acting in general or do anything else, like their creative endeavors that they have a passion for, that they want to get out there and let their creative juices, like let their creative forces just explode and they want to get their names out there. Um, I would say that probably dedication to the craft is probably the most important thing that you can have because as we've talked about before um you know there are a lot of instances where you really really want to roll but you don't get picked and um you feel the disappointment of that and it's really easy to kind of fall into a pattern of you know thinking that maybe this isn't you know what you're meant to do or you know, you just start to feel like you don't want to audition for projects anymore. And being able to motivate yourself and pull yourself out of those mindsets and say, no, I'm going to continue improving and I'm going to continue being a better voice actor and I'm going to do everything that I can to become a better voice actor and being very, you know, being critical of yourself, not too critical. Don't, don't beat yourself up, but being able to kind of just like stand back and look at the things that you can improve on and improving on them. Um, and just never giving up. I think that's probably one of the biggest 
um, parts of doing this on a more professional level is just keep keeping at it because, um, you know, it's very easy to kind of fall into the pitfalls, but if you keep motivating yourself, I, I promise that good things will, will come your way. So in other words, don't become your own worst critic or become your worst enemy is what you're trying to exactly. say. Exactly. Don't put yourself down too much. Don't, you know, prevent yourself from, you know, taking on opportunities or trying out for opportunities because you don't think that you're good enough. Just keep pushing yourself, push yourself beyond your comfort zone and learn everything that you can at every opportunity that you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like for the people out there that are, they may struggle with like a little something going on, like um, say, just the rule, this, the same kind of applies to like, you know, people with uh, that are feeling like anxious, that have anxiety, dealing with a small depression, mm -hmm. like they just kind of really struggling out there um, that they feel like they're not really um, good enough having these thoughts going through their head. Like, um, they just don't really want to like do this anymore or just darker thoughts that extends that I don't want to really explicitly say like, um, like just um, not really wanting to live or anything like that. So yeah. Um, anybody that um, has, you know, these thoughts going through their minds, um, does the rule same kind of applies to them or does it go like a little bit more in depth? to it that just um being rejected the rejections and whatnot i'm sorry what was the question oh wait um for like the people that have like um that are kind of dealing with like you know anxiety or depression does the rule does the same thing applies with them or does it go like a little more in depth to it than dealing with the rejections and the stuff like for voice acting um i think that it definitely can you know affect the way that any sort of rejection kind of impacts you um it, it definitely you know depression anxiety they make a lot of things more difficult and you know being rejected is one of them um but again just kind of trying to push through that and finding good coping mechanisms is absolutely key Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for anybody out there that is like struggling, um, just it's always really a nice idea if you can um, reach out to somebody and ask for any sort of help. Like if you want to reach out to a family member or if you want to reach out to a friend or just talk to somebody like what you're currently going through, just reaching out and help. Uh, just tell them exactly what you're going through and just don't be afraid to be vulnerable um, about it either, because um, I know that there's like a saying that like, um, well, real men don't really cry, but <laughs> if you're a stronger person, like that's kind of technically strong, but like a stronger person, it takes them to actually cry and let their emotions out and they get back up and um, they just keep going. That's um, the definition of being like a stronger person, in my opinion. So um, I know some might not agree, so... It's just really all how you really take it into account. So that's really all I can really say about it. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as for like people um, starting off also, like um, with the impressions thing, like is it good to start off with doing impressions for like fan dubs or is it better to just do like 
their own original takes of characters, like original voices, like all new characters that they want to apply their acting skills, acting chops into bringing the character to life in their own way for the projects to succeed. Yeah. Mm. So are you asking if it's better to use your own original voices? No, I mean, like, voices? what is your opinion on, like, um, impressions or, or, like, actual acting, like, original voices? Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely think original voices are something that, um, especially on a more professional level, um, directors are looking for, just kind of to hear your own voice and not somebody else's. Yeah, but, like, for impressions, though, is it, like, a nice thing to start off, like, if you're really new and you're looking for a couple of projects that um, you really love, that you grew up with, so it's a nice to start off with um, doing that type of stuff as a beginner? Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing impressions. It's more like if you're going to do a demo reel, um, it's a lot more professional oh, to yeah. <laughs> have your own original voices instead of having like a reel of impressions to send to a director. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, devil reels. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's, this is a whole entirely different, um, you know, discussion topic altogether. <laughs> Like, um, I could, there's a lot of things that I could say about demo reels, but I mean, like a lot of it is mostly like, you know, informative and really instructive. So, um, honestly, um, if you go to like the, um, a website and I'll plug in, um, another great person like, um, I know I mentioned, her, said her name before, but Kira Buckland, um, writes a lot of these really great guys on this website called voice acting club. So, um, there's like a lot of things that like I could say about making a demo rails, but really a lot of her points and her, um, you know, tips on making a demo rail, like especially the part like, you know, leaving impressions out, like, like doing an impression of like every DBC character, like um, a Super Mario character, Super Mario in your impression, like having it in your demo reel is a big no, no. <laughs> so Yeah. And um, like, yeah. Or like family guy, like I mentioned earlier, um, definitely a big no, no. So directors want to hear your voice, not somebody else's. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nice that you can do an impression of them, but they, Seth MacFarlane is already making a living he's pretty stinking rich so yeah. there's seth mcfarland already doing those characters justice mm -hmm. and they already have somebody who who plays goofy <laughs> or like um somebody who does donald duck or mickey mouse and um even um you know the anime characters um like you know they already have somebody who does midoriya and you see the point that i'm going with this right um directors just really want to like you don't have to really put impressions of cartoon characters like um say um bugs bunny or um foghorn or marvin the martian or the tasmanian devil or daffy or porky um or elmer or yeah just any other cartoon character that comes to mind like a spongebob impression yeah tom kenny already does spongebob so there's really no reason to um just try to go with the impressions just focus on you know your own voice and the acting and there's a lot of more technical stuff that goes on behind it, but those are just like some of the more important tips that I can really give out at this time. Because um, there's a lot of guys that go more, more further in depth, like um, having it in under like um, a minute and stuff. So mm -hmm. anyways, um, 
Yeah, going under like at least your demo reel has to be like at least 60 seconds longer. At least in between 40 to 60 seconds is what I've heard. Like no, no longer than 90 or two minutes because yeah. But anyways, um, for like the people who also do start off with like, um, say somebody like me who um, actually does not have any prior acting training or experience, even though I was up on stage uh, many times, but it's mostly for like spelling bees and uh, practicing um, some sort of like improv, not improv, but like reenacting like, you know, the Disney, um, you know, songs and stuff, but um, didn't really actually act on stage. Did I never really had any um, opportunities to, um, I mean, I did try out for like, this one Italian crazy over the top like barber I think that was just about it but um as far as like people who don't have like acting experience um and are looking into like wanting to pursue VO like voice acting online is it recommended that they at least do some acting on stage like get some experience before they jump into VO in your opinion um or is I it mean there are just, a lot of uh, um yeah? acting classes and voice acting classes specifically for voice acting that are available and i think that those are very important um to take uh especially if you kind of want to challenge yourself and improve the quality of your work i think that it's very important to kind of gain more knowledge about acting in general um because voice acting obviously is acting and you know taking specific classes that focus on voiceover you know i know that the acting classes that i took when i was in college definitely helped me when it came to um when i was recording for online projects and so i would definitely say that uh, it's highly recommended that you take some sort of class. I mean, even as, you know, someone who has been doing it for years, you know, it's still important to go to acting classes and, you know, attend like voiceover classes and just kind of brush up on your craft. Yeah. Or like for people who... Um that are just now um, starting, that are getting kind of getting their feet wet or like getting their names out there, but they're mostly self-taught um, as far as like with no training or experience goes. Um, I feel like um, if you just do VO and don't really take some sort of acting classes or um, at least do any type of like, you know, on like on camera or like on stage or anything like theater classes and stuff, um, I mean... <clears throat> It kind of like if you want to take yourself more seriously as like an actor in general, um, I kind of feel like um, if you just only do VO, um, you need to find at least something else um, that like may really definitely help you. Um, online voice acting workshops like, um, you know, with Christmas Freeman, like I mentioned way back um, and just taking classes online like there's um, the GVAA um, here is a really good one. Um, where you can take the classes and seminars and workshops out there. Uh, make sure that you also have the finances for it too. Like money is also incredibly important. Um, definitely save up um, and don't try to fall into like, you know, these scam, like almost um, sort of like seems a little suspicious or fishy. Um, if they seem that way, then don't like waste your time um, and try not to. I mean, I know every once in a while you may fall in, you may do like a class that, you might not really learn a lot from, but um, 
I mean, after all, um, if you're wanting to learn, you can always learn from like with your mistakes and you can learn with what, what you did right, what you did wrong. And really, everybody has, you can make a couple of flaws. So um, just be sure that you don't um, waste it on just by doing, a, by just taking too many bad ones. That, that seems really like, really um sort of schemey in a way so that's kind of like um the best advice that i could also give out so um let's see and i think i do i think i'm almost kind of running out of time and questions so um yay this went on a bit longer than i wanted to <laughs> so um yeah like this is what happens <laughs> when i just sit here Oh, wait, actually, I do have something else. Um, but like, um, these acting experience, like with your classes and stuff, like, um, when you get behind the microphone to record your lines, um, do you usually like sit down or do you stand up? Like, um, if you're recording for like narration, audiobook, or if you're like recording an actual character, like, how does the process work for you? Like, if you're actually um, recording as for projects as such, or like if you're doing auditions? Um, when I'm recording for voiceover and also for when I'm singing, I'm usually standing. It's better for your diaphragm. Yeah, um, and it just, yeah. I feel like it, you know, is a better uh, method for me. Um, I know that a lot of times, you know, voice actors and singers suggest that you do stand when you sing or when you act because... It's just yeah, like, especially singing yeah. too. <laughs> it's just so much better for everything. <laughs> yeah. So as far as like you know, actually getting it inside, like getting into the characters, um, mindset and the mentality, like this is also where the acting comes from, like pretending and imagining as like you're the character and the settings and the story of like what's the scenario and stuff like that. Um, what are some of the um, I guess warming up, like training exercises that you apply to, um, that ha really helps you give like a good performance, and that helps you, um, like having people recognize you as the character, not just, um, well, this is Megan just reading a line <laughs> from a script or <laughs> anything like that. Um, uh, yeah. So the really juicy one. I'm getting to the juicy questions <laughs> here right now. <laughs> um, I mean, like I said, I've been taking uh, voice lessons since I was nine. So I've been taught a lot of different vocal warm-ups. And so the vocal warm-ups that I use for singing, I also use for voice acting. So it'll be like trills and scales and stuff like that. And it really kind of helps open up your voice. Mm, yeah. You mean like the warm-ups, like the A-E-I-O-U's, or like yeah, the, the tongue twisters and the lips, the trill drills, like the... Yeah, just, you know, silly noises like that. Or like, um, if you want, like, wanting to... If you want to go a little bit further, you can always try to, like... You know, imitate like the Donald sound, which kind of sounds more like a lice up. If you like wanting to get your cheeks more flexible, then um, I think that kind of helps me personally. I'm not sure like if it works for anybody else, but like um, if I just do a little bit of or just something like that, um, or like if I wanted to try to sing, then yeah, it kind of warms up. It kind of gets your voice to help wake up a little more. That's something that I that I've learned. It helps for me, so mm. yeah. Warm up exercises and 
Yeah. Um, and singing as well. So like you mentioned, oh yeah, projection and the enunciating and and the tone and inflections and stuff like that. Does it also um, apply or is it like kind of like a more um, separate process in order to get those, to nail those down right as well? Uh, no, I would definitely say it, it still applies. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I think we're actually just about, that just about wraps it up. So, Ms. Macon, thank you very much for your time here. Um, I know it's been like almost an hour and 55 minutes, almost two hours. Of, so it was incredibly worth it every single moment. So um, thank you very much for being here today. It's Thanks a real pleasure talking me. with you. Yeah, <laughs> so one last thing. Do you have any sort of, you want to plug in like your social media so people can uh, find your work and follow you and all of that stuff for like when the next videos are coming out, like, with Sasso and whatnot, yeah. so and they can find your singing work and all of that good stuff. Yeah, so my Twitter is Meg Negrelli, and my YouTube channel is Meg Negrelli, and then Sasso Studios is the YouTube channel that I work for and also do content creation for. Um, so if you haven't followed Sasso Studios yet, I recommend it because it's a lot of fun and super nerdy. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Do you have a Facebook, actually? I do. I have a Facebook page. It's just my name, and it's for my voice acting and yeah. singing. Um, and my Instagram is also Meg Negrelli, so the same thing as my Twitter. And you said that you also used to have a Tumblr, correct? Yes. Long, long yeah. ago. <laughs> long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are... So, like... Out of all of them, what are some of the best places that like people can contact you so they can like reach out to you so you can do like a couple of like if they want to use it for like voice acting or singing, like what would be the best places to reach you at? Um, Twitter's probably the best way to reach out to me. Um, also Facebook works too. <laughs> yeah, so nothing like Skype or Discord or anything. Yeah, Discord, Discord works also <laughs> yeah all right so i think that's just about all um if you so i guess if i want to plug in and give out like my own little social media thingamajigs um i have a facebook i don't really use it that often um instagram i'm starting to use instagram a little bit more um than i you that i was um using it at first um tumblr is mostly just for reblogs and stuff but Twitter is definitely the best place where you can find my work uh, or but it's mostly just like, you know, retweets and you can definitely find me on Twitter. That's um, definitely the best place where you can find me at. So there we go. Um, That's it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I can say or talk about as of right now. This has been a long, long interview and a long, long weekend in general. So I'm going to close out this podcast. So thank you all so much, very, very much for listening and tuning in and be sure to like, comment, subscribe by the time this goes up and support it on either iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Um, you can definitely reach out and spread the word. And yeah, if you want to keep supporting it, um, definitely make sure to follow the Twitter and all of my social media stuff that I, I'm on. So thank you very much. And um, that's about it. So thank you very much. And see you guys next time. Peace to all of my bye. BA homies out there. Yeah, <laughs> bye-bye. Now scram! Um, just... Read a book, watch TV, go play a video game or something like that. I don't know. Just do something fun today. Rest up. It's the Sabbath day. Get your rest. That's what the Lord commanded. But I'm just done rambling on. So adios.
Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the Station Squares Podcast. I am your host, Robert Jackson. Today, without much stalling, um, it is time that I bring along a guest with me. So I'm just going to let this person um, state their name, who they are, um, for those that don't really know her, this particular individual. So you, mystery person, just state the people who you are, and let's get a little... I want the people out there to know a little bit more about you. So take it away. Hi, um, my name is Megan Negrelli. I've been voice acting for about four years and singing professionally for about, uh, I would say about 12 years now. Um, I do work with Sasso Studios, which is a YouTube channel, and we do sonic animations, and I do um, some screenwriting and content creation, and I also voice Amy and Tails and occasionally Blaze and a couple of other characters like Cream. Um, and yeah, I'm an aspiring voice actress, and I really enjoy voice acting. <laughs> All right, pretty cool. Nice, nice. Um, you know, all of these good old introductions that, that we got it all out of the way. Um, yeah, pretty neat. Um, so I mean I would give my own introductions, but it's kind of like a little bit complicated. So not to take up too much time. Um, let's get on with the QA's, like the questions and the answers, shall we? Yeah, sure. All right, so um practically my first question that I do have for you um today, um, or rather specifically for this interview, um so, I just wanted to quick, just wanted to hear a little bit about, um, like, you know, your little backstory. Like, um, what inspired you? Like, when did you decide that you wanted to um, start, like, when did this whole acting thing come? Like, how did you decide that you wanted to start doing this and how it led to you wanting to start doing voice acting online? And just what, whatever your background is, like, any creative, like, just endeavors of what led you to where what you wanted to do today is pretty much what I'm asking. <laughs> Try to ask. Um, well, I started doing theater when I was really little and I really, really enjoyed it. And I started taking professional singing voices voice lessons when I was nine years old. And I continued to do theater through um, elementary school and middle school and high school, and I just enjoyed it so much. And at the same time, I was also just a giant nerd, and I watched a lot of anime, and I was super into a lot of nerdy things. And I came to this realization when I was in college at one point that there was a way where I could connect my passion for theater and, you know, singing and creative works and combine it with um, animation and anime and voiceover. And it just felt like you know, the right fit for me. Um, so I went out and I bought my first uh, Blue Yeti when I was 19. And I just started auditioning for a bunch of online projects. And that's basically how I got my start into voice acting just because I was so passionate about theater, but also passionate about voiceover and nerdy things. 
Yeah. So like growing up, that's pretty much how you would describe like your early life in a nutshell, just being nerdy and then just having a passion for acting and singing and all of that jazz. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So like growing up, did you, were you like surrounded with like a very supportive family or was it like the type that's just like, uh, why would you want to do this? Like, um, this is kind of like a little, um, that's just kind of out there. I don't really think that you're going to get far, but like, or just anything like that discouragement. Just um, like families that might seem a little um, a little unsure. But I just wanted, how would you describe, like, how was your family, like, uh, if you could describe how they were when you decided that you wanted to start doing all of this theater stuff and singing and jazzing and acting. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were definitely supportive. Um, they didn't understand exactly what voiceover was before I explained it to them. And even though they were confused for some time, they were still supportive and they helped set up my first, you know, recording setup. And, you know, they've always been very, um, you know, trying to understand exactly (laughs) what I enjoy doing to the best of their ability. Mm, all right, nice. Um, so my next question is, um, what does an average day mostly consist of for you? Like, what do you um, mostly do in your um, in the days where you mostly um, work or just whatever you, what is an average, what do you do like on an average day-to-day basis? Um, like your hobbies of what do you do outside of voice acting? Um, I mean, right now I have a part-time job and I also volunteer at an animal shelter. So I go there every Uh single week and take care of the cats. And I also sing at my local church. So I do that. I do a lot of singing. I have a YouTube channel where I have a couple of covers that I've done and I would really like to do more because singing has always been a really big passion of mine. It's really right up there with voice acting and so I just feel so blessed that I'm able to share both my singing and my voice acting with, you know, a very supportive online community. Hmm. All right. Um, so like as far as um, singing goes, um, did you just always also have a passion for it or did it just kind of like naturally came to you? Just kind of have a gift at it from the get go. With singing? Yeah, like with singing, did it, was it like something that you've wanted to do? Was it a passion that you felt like you have a big um, drive for and you just, or did it just naturally came to you? Like, um, it's just something that came right from the very, uh, like it was just knocking right at your door for new opportunities or so. Um, I was definitely singing probably right around the time when I could talk for the first time. I always was singing and putting on little performances for my parents when I was really little. And I think that that passion just kind of evolved over time, which is why I went and got professional voice lessons when I was nine years old because I was just so passionate about it and really enjoyed doing it 
that I, it, it was very obvious and my parents wanted to support me in that. And so they, you know, helped me get set up with a voice teacher and yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I can say that, you know, I, I'm blessed enough to have some talent already just kind of like in singing when I was first starting out. Um, but I think that the passion that I've had for singing has kind of just made it grow even more. <laughs> so like, as far as your name goes, um, have you considered like, um, using like some sort of like, um, internet Elias or just making Negrelius probably the best for you right now? Yeah, I just use Megan Negrelli. I just use my full name. <laughs> All right, yeah. So um, now with all of this, um, actually, like, as far as, like, you know, acting on stage and, like, with your theater work, um, what if, if you can recall, like, um, so what are some of the biggest, um, like, what have been some of your favorite um, produ productions that you've been a part of and which characters did you play on them? So any fun experiences, like uh, your best moments um, and what was the most rewarding part? So all of that stuff you got out of the theater experience that you um had in your time um well i did Susical twice and i got to play jojo who was kind of like the younger child character in the uh musical and i've noticed that in a lot of the musical theater and you know, outside of just musical theater, just theater in general, I tend to play little boy characters or um, just younger children because I have a higher pitch voice and I'm kind of on the smaller side. So even though I'm 23, I don't look like I'm 23, um, so I've had a lot of experiences where I've been in, you know, theater productions, and they're like, yeah, you're going to be little boy number three, and I'm like, great, <laughs> can't wait, I'm so used to that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, um, and then transitioning over to voice acting, um, how, when did you first discover that, like, um, oh, this is an entirely different thing that you can actually do. Um, like, I took in a lot of, I normally act on stage. I didn't really know much about, like, you know, you can actually voice act, like, for, like you're still acting behind the microphone. And um, how did you first um, discover, like, you can do it online, um, if you could recall? Um, it was definitely during my early years of college when I was watching, you know, animation and anime, and I would watch, you know, the credits roll, and I would see all the different voice actors, and it kind of just clicked for me, where I was like, hey, people make an entire career out of this passion that they have for voice acting, and that is so so cool and I want to do that and I want to be a part of that in any way that I can and so that's when I bought um my Blue Yeti and I just went online and I had pretty much nowhere to really start from. I had a Tumblr account and this was 
years ago. But um, the first project that I found was actually through Tumblr. And um, I found my first probably 10 to 15 projects on Tumblr, which is interesting. I don't even know if you can find like voice acting auditions on Tumblr anymore. Yeah, that's um, incredibly rare. <laughs> yeah, it, it used to be just like this. I just found this community of aspiring voice actors. And, you know, it almost kind of feels like fate at this point. Because I was able to kind of just like jump into that and, you know, that really was kind of like the the springboard for me to kind of figuring out exactly how to, you know, navigate the online world when it came to finding voiceover work. And, you know, I made so many great connections um, and... It was from Tumblr, of all places, that I found all of those things. <laughs> of all places, it had to be Tumblr. Yep. <laughs> but at least that's a good, um, you know, exposure. That was like your, I mean, everybody gets their start somewhere. Um, like yeah. if they want to get, if they're starting off. So, yeah, you, there's definitely something that you have to keep in mind, so. But anyways, um, like, did you expect to be, um, like, with the how much you've grown, like, as a voice actor or just an actress in general, did you expect to be as, um, I guess, popular or well-known as you've become over the last few years or so? Um, no, <laughs> I didn't, honestly. Um, for a while, I actually felt like I was kind of in like a position where I was kind of stuck and I was in the same, you know, spot and I couldn't really get out of, you know, this like creative blockage that I was experiencing. And I, you know, just happened to make a great connection with the creator of Sasa Studios. And it was mm. perfect timing because at the time he was looking for a voice actress for Amy Rose and Tales. And after sending him some of my work and showing him what I had done previously, he asked me if I wanted to be that voice actress. And it definitely took me off guard <laughs> um and of course I said yes and it's been one of the you know best decisions that I've ever made because with Sasa Studios it's allowed me to grow so much as a voice actress and you know it just it keeps me it keeps me busy it keeps me working it inspires me to continue with voice acting and singing even when um you know you hit those blocks where you feel like oh my gosh like i'm not like getting any roles like you know i'm i'm just like Mood. you know you think like all of like <laughs> you think of all like the negative things like it's like yeah, i'm never going to make it i'm never going to like push further but 
Um, every single time that I get together with Jim, who's the creator of Sasso Studios, and, you know, we work on a new video, and, you know, he has me do the lines I need to do, then it kind of just, like, puts me back kind of, like, in my groove, where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself out there again, and I am so thankful that I have that motivation. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the stuff of, you know, facing these um, roadblocks or uh, just feeling like having this ne- these negative thoughts in your mind, like I'm um, feeling like um, you're kind of stumbling and not really finding much work. Um, but just getting into that um, little stump, I guess like an actor's stump is kind of a term that I like to, I'm just right now, I'm recently, I'm starting to use because um uh, after a lot of discussions with a, with many, many people that I did have on the show before. Um, honestly, when it comes to um, not like getting to the point where like um, there's not really a lot of big opportunities or there, I mean, there's going to be times where you're going to face like, um, you know, a couple months of just not really being productive and not getting enough roles or not um because like there's a lot of competition that goes on in the voice acting community like in yeah. the, even in the industry in general so oh um, absolutely i mean it's, it's usually because um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because um usually directors they kind of like to really i mean it's not that you're bad because if you get rejected um you know, a couple of times or even like an endless cycle that goes on for months or even a year or two, then um, usually because directors really, they kind of have somebody else that they do have in mind for what, what specific voice, like the resonance in their voice and a lot of the, you know, the really technical and emotional aspects of the character that they're portraying. And it's just something that I'm recently am starting to learn. Um, the more that I am doing this and doing this little podcast here for fun and um while i'm doing while i'm recording and um some auditions and sending them out to um a lot of websites um online that i'm a part of which i'll plug in in a little while later (laughs) but um yeah so far as i've been doing this for at least a year now um it's been honestly it's just been a really big um you know blessing for me too um and I've also met like tons of great people like you, um, you and Jim just kind of hit it off. And um, <laughs> I met like a lot of really nice people like in the community. Um, and it's also important to know that there can sometimes be like a couple of like um, toxic, negative, like a couple of bad eggs in this in like close in the seeds. Um, that's the term if I'm saying it correctly. But overall, yeah. though, um, any drama and all of that stuff, um, I think it's nice to um I mean, you just really try your best to not get wrapped up or involved in any of the drama or like any toxic. And um, the positives are definitely something that that can be found, like, you know, in the rough. And I mean, unfortunately, I kind of like when I first went into this, I, you know, I kind of almost thought that like, you know, wow, everybody's super supportive. And um, yeah, I'm going to get all of these roles and I'm going to be I'm going to go somewhere like I'm going to. Um, 
become make a name of myself just for doing these um characters that just um showcase what i can i'm capable of with the many di different ranges of voices that i could do and um then you meet like you know i mean not gonna say that like the voice acting community is is completely toxic but um i made a i met a lot of great friends that i also made came across like i didn't never dealt with any drama i mean i know there's like a couple people that won't specifically name but heard drama through my friends so i'm just always thankful that they got my back so i'm sorry if i kind of rambled on but like no you're yeah, okay. just the part where you said that like um you mentioned like um having these negative thoughts like um oh am i feeling worthless am i not good enough that just kind of got me a little bit um um i kind of got a little bit um excited uh excited and i kind of almost geeked out nerded out for a bit because like that's something that i definitely can relate to in a way so just wanted to get that stuff out so <laughs> no, i don't have I think to ramble on much later in the i think interview. it's very relatable especially in you know voiceover and pretty much any creative field there's going to be so many people who are going to say no and you just have nope. to keep pushing forward and you know being self-aware and you know every single time that you hear a no you think okay well what can i do better next time and just keep going until you find those right yeses are is just so exactly. crucial um but even you know the voice actors who are very well known and big like you know even they get told no mm -hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> it's just everybody gets told no in a very competitive um business like this and I think it's very important to lift each other up instead of, you know, like you were talking about with the drama and everything like that. I think it's much more important yeah. to, you know, be supportive of other voice actors and encourage them to just keep keep going and keep trying because you'll get there. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely hear you on that. Um, that's something that I've also been working hard on. Um, because after many months of cycles of just reje rejections and saying like, sorry, but I don't think that your voice really fits this character, which I mean, it's understandable. But then like, um, if you go through months of just this endless repeating cycle, it can kind of get to your head. <laughs> so mm. like, it can kind of really get to you in a lot of times. So, um, there's times where, uh, I almost feel like, um, wanting to just quit throwing the towels and giving up, but luckily yeah. I never did. Um, and I didn't give up, so that's um, an important tip to, like, anybody, um, if anybody ever comes across this interview, so, like, uh, if they wanted to turn this on. Um, big important tip is um, everyone, just the first step is always going to be the hardest, and inevitable, I mean, you might, is. It's like really, really rare if um, you're just an overnight big success, which I, I don't really recall if there's like anybody um, who actually um, started getting like really popular and when they first started off with voice acting, um, I don't think really think it's uh, a thing. But um, I mean, I heard, but I not I don't really recall. But yeah, it, when you're first starting out, it's just the first steps are always the hardest to take. Um, just be prepared to face like a lot of rejection and just you're bound to like get like just as many no's before you can eventually get the right yeses like making as already said so 
I just wanted to add a little PSA standing off of my soapbox for just a <laughs> moment here. Yeah, guys, that's what I mostly do. Motivational speaker, IRJ. <laughs> yeah, that's my new nickname. That's what people should, um, that's what I should add on my Twitter bio. But, um, moving on with my next question. So, um, like, as far as like, you know, with your relationship with Sasso Studios, like with Jim, um, so, out of all of the videos and like um of the projects that you did with him what would you say are some of your absolute favorite like the ones that really stood out to you the most and they oh, you can say that like they really did um touch your heart and um they always have a big huge special place in your heart like your favorite projects that you recorded for him and why specifically um my favorite video for a long time was tales invents this Fidget, the the fidget the fidget spinner um or the tail spinner um because i just thought it was such a cute concept and when jim first you know came at me with the script i was like oh my gosh that's so cute you know tails is such a such a good inventor and he's you know making the little tail spinner and i just thought it was adorable um and that video still holds like a really you know, special place in my heart, but I would say that my favorite video so far that I've recorded for is Growing Up. Um, Growing Up oh, is yeah. basically... I actually watched that. Hmm? I said I actually watched that video. Really yeah. touching. <laughs> yeah, so Growing Up, for anyone who doesn't know, is a video, and it's basically a Tales monologue, and he talks about how... Um, he feels about his past and also about all of the adventures that he's had with his friends. And it's just all very reflective, but also very, um, very relatable. <laughs> um, Tails talks about how he was bullied in the past, but how he overcame it. And I think that, you know, I related to the video so much. And I remember when Jim was writing the script, you know, I remember reading it and, you know, telling him, Jim, this is very relatable and very much in character for tales that he would feel this way. And also one of my favorite aspects of that video is me and Jim actually recorded the end slate together outside on his oh, back yeah. porch. Um, and that was the first time that I actually got to um, do an end slate with him. And so that's the first video that people like actually got to see like my face and like the me, like the the person behind the voice, and I think that that's also very special too. Um, so I would definitely say that growing up is my favorite so far. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the video also touched me um, personally in a way because, like, um, well, literally speaking, growing up, um, as far as. Um, you know, I relate to a lot with Tails. Um, I mean, let's see. The part that actually did, um, you know, resonate through me is like, um, you know, being bullied as a kid. Um, I actually was never like, you know, physically like um, nobody actually like, you know, punched or hit or anything. But like, um, you know, bullying with like, you know, men 
like emotionally, like, you know, you get hurt with words a lot and the saying like, um, it's the pen mightier than the sword, which um, words can hurt, can speak more volumes than like, um, you know, physically. So um, mm -hmm. it's also a video that uh, it kind of connects to me in a way because um, Tales is honestly one of my favorite. Um, I mean, as a kid, um, I always just really um, liked Tales um, in action because, um, well, it's not because with Sonic in general, I don't really, I haven't really seen like a video game series where um, you can actually um, play as um, characters that are mostly more, um, you know, that are youthful. Um, because in a lot of games that I have played before, like um, with Mario or Zelda and a lot of the video games, um, I mean, granted, um, there's also Pokemon, which you're trainers that are kids. But like um, with these characters, I they have these weird abilities like Tails with these two fought with these two um, Tails. <laughs> it's part of his name, Miles Tails per hour. <laughs> I think the Internet at this point is you know everybody gets the joke by now so hard hardy hard, hard sega but um just with tails though i think that he's kind of like a special um he's one of the one of my more unique characters um because he is somebody who seems to really doubt himself like he looks up to sonic as like his sort of role model and like he looks up to him as like his brother and um it's also pretty relatable because um, I know that a lot of the kid, a lot of kids, you know, they want to look up to their heroes a lot and um, they wanted to have like a positive male role model in their lives. So, and I always, and I can certainly speak, um, you know, on behalf of Tails that like there's, um, you know, my dad and what he done, what he has done. So, and like, you know, my brother and anybody that I can look up to and say that they've been a huge inspiration and an influence on my life. So, that's why the video kind of stood out. That kind of really was just a real big emotional, um, you know, true love letter to anybody, um, like to any, all of the Tales fans out there, and especially anybody who um, can relate to Tales in a way with their own personal life. So I'm just kind of glad that you and Jim actually did that. So I just want to give you a small little uh, round of applause. So congrats with the video so yay <laughs> i'm so glad that it had such an impact on you you know i love hearing these stories and hearing about how you know the content that we create is relatable and how it touches people because you know i think that's one of the most important things to do is to kind of reach out beyond just you know the video and actually you know be relatable and, you know, connect with the audience and, you know, just kind of bring up like some of those harder to talk about topics like, you know, people who were bullied when they were younger. I mean, I know when I was growing up in high school, I in middle school, I wasn't exactly the most popular kid. I was very quiet and reserved. And, you know, I had my small group of friends, but I definitely wasn't one of the popular kids. And so I you know, when I was voicing tales in that video, it came from a very genuine place. And so it warms my heart that other people can relate to that and also find strength in it. <laughs> mm, yeah. And by the way, I just wanted to quickly mention that I'm looking at the thumbnail and just like, 
<gasps> boy. Like, the little toes are so cute. <laughs> I know. And, um, like, really, <laughs> the thumbnail is just so precious to look at. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so sorry. I'm just kind of, like... I'm just getting a little giddy inside, so it's okay. <laughs> like just thinking about the video and looking at the thumbnail, it's just like, oh, like I honestly wish that we could have more Sonic related content like this. Um, I mean, you have your um, like the more popular ones that I could think of. Like you got your Sonic Zombie videos, and um, there's like <laughs> the acts the Sonic Heroes, and um, like. With people like, you know, with Bay Media Productions, Sonic Song 182, Emmy Jones, and um, Matt Manheimer, um, the voice of Tail, you know, the guy, be the former guy behind Tail's channel, bringing you the latest in the Sonic news, but <laughs> really, or Sonic stop motion adventures, but this stuff, or the Sonic Paradox stuff, like the Sonic Shores. And, but this right here is, um, it's really unique because, um, whenever I see a lot of Sonic related content on YouTube, I, I just mostly come in because I just wanted to get like a good, like, you know, dumb, stupid chuckle, just like, you know, just so I could mostly in for just like, you know, the giggles and the chuckles and stuff, just so I can be like, if I'm having a bad day, I could just watch some, something dumb because like, um, Sonic related content is kind of like what appeals to me, but I mean, I love the series by like, without a doubt, but, um, yeah, I just really would just watch something if I'm having a rough day, but this though was like rather unique and it's just like not like a lot of you know sonic related sonic videos um like even going into depth in depth like this um it it was really honestly really refreshing to see um i know that a lot of the other videos that sasso makes is mostly just um you know mostly comedy comedic based but this here is like it's serious and it talks about like you know a character who rather in-depth describes like you know his life and um it really goes into details his personality and it is he's a th more of a he's like the writing um how tales is written he feels more like um an identifiable real character like he's three-dimensional and um mm -hmm. you can relate to him in a way and um i honestly really really respect jim for doing that so i just still like big hats off to him and um the effort amount put into the video was honestly very very much it was satisfying to watch and um <laughs> as it is right now it's um currently at how many views is it uh up but oh wow it's like at a million views right now so yeah uh, it's just really nice that um a video like that can um you know touch a lot of people and um there's many likes um and even the comment section below, it seems really encouraging. Just a lot of positivity that was presented by the video and the impact that it, that it had was um, just something that was really, I'm just still in awe to this very day. Um, and I also like the one where Amy shared her story and how was the experience like when you recorded for Amy? Um, was it that like was... as I'm touching as the Tales one? Yeah. Hmm? Oh, I, I'm sorry. Like, how was it like when you did the one for Amy? That was so much fun to do, too. I I love Amy, and I love Tails. I love both of them so much. Um, and getting to, you know, take Amy's character and kind of add more dimensions to her character instead of, you know, just having her be 
the the hedgehog that falls in love with the heroic hedgehog and kind of just getting in her head and being able to hear her perspective on everything. I think that that is very important. I think that sometimes people view Amy as a very one-dimensional and, you know, some may find her an annoying character, but I think that she is great and I know that Jim really took the time with that video and with the script to make sure that um we really did get to see another side of Amy and I think that that really resonated. Yeah, loving Sonic the Hedgehog. That's the title. I'm just looking it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> um already at 389k views. Mm. All right. Yeah, so that's the that's the title of the video. So um, but speaking of Sonic, though, because we've been talking quite a bit about, like, you know, Sonic for at least a while. Um, so how do, what would, how can you describe, like, when did you first get introduced? Like, what was your first actual exposure to Sonic? Not just as a character, but just, like, what were your earliest memories of, uh, you know, with the series, um, when you were a kid? Like, when did you first, uh, heard of Sonic and what was your first game or, like, actual exposure that you, um, got um, introduced to just the series in general? The first game that I played was Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> perfect game. T- perfect. That's a nice, perfect starter game for a newcomer. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was great. You know, um, when I was growing up, I was just a huge Nintendo fan in general. And um, I was really into um, Legend of Zelda. I actually write for Zelda Universe, which is a website for um, Zelda news and, you know, Pokemon and all the different Nintendo games. They had a very big impact on my life. Um, And so... I just, I really enjoy, like, being able to be a part of the fan base of Sonic and also, um, you know, Zelda and um, Pokemon and being able to um, share how, um, how they have impacted my life, basically, through... Um, you know, social media and through videos and through the columns that I write at Zelda Universe. Um, I think that it's just such a blessing to be able to express my love for all things Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice that um, you got introduced to Sonic at a pretty nice time um what with sonic adventure 2 i mean that's like commonly regarded as like you know the holy grail of the sonic the hedgehog <laughs> uh, at least in 3d so yeah i mean like when are we gonna get a sonic adventure 3 am i right <laughs> <laughs> i'm just so sorry i am like really really <laughs> terrible when it comes to being hip so um let's see my first actual exposure is exposure to sonic was um I grew up with like some of the Genesis games, um, like Sonic One, Two, and Three, mm-hmm. and Knuckles. And um, there's, uh... but believe it or not, I never played any of the Tails spinoff games, which is kind of really, um, which is kind of ironic because we were talking about like you know growing up, and I never played the Tails spinoff games. I feel 
really, really terrible about that. But um, Sonic <laughs> Adventure 1 and 2 and like the Sonic Advance games on the Game Boy Advance for like, um, I was really pretty much into, I really loved um, like, you know, the gameplay and um, I really loved um, seeing the characters and um, the voices were just kind of some of my earliest um I guess things to pick up on, like when I, if I'm imitating a character, like, um, um, yeah, with Sonic, like, you know, with Ryan Drummond and a lot of the other Dreamcat, like with the other guys that, um, used to record back, um, who were, um, the characters like between like, um, in the late nineties and in the early to mid two thousands before four kids, um, I think they were like some of the first, um, you know, impressions that I kind of, I mean, impressions, like I, I, I'm using the term like really, really loosely. So, um, but then again, though, um, another important tip to any voice actors out there, um, impressions are a good thing to get you started. Um, so I mean, if you want to do like band ups and whatnot, um, sure. But, um, you just keep also keep in mind that, um, like voice acting is also pretty much entirely acting. So uh, if you could do like, I mean, if I don't if you could do like um every DBC character or like um family guy like if you could do like a good um like a Peter Griffin. <laughs> well, I mean it's good and all, but um voice acting. Acting. <laughs> I'm just so sorry. I don't want to stress this out, but like um it's just really something that's been um that's been telling that's been told to me over and over and over again, and I definitely agree. So because people and the director's clients, they want to hear you for your own voice, and um, they, um, and it do, you don't have to like really exactly mimic like you know the original actor because um, that kind of is a big limitation. So in a big, almost like a handicap in a way. Uh, I know that is probably not going to sound like the most uh, well thought out, like that's not like the most well thought out word to say, but. Yeah, just wanted to quickly give like another PSA, so to speak. But um, yeah, um, as far as like, you know, script writing, screenwriting, writing goes, um, do you also enjoy the process or do you prefer like, you know, when you um, just act? Um, but is writing like considered like a good hobby of yours and something that you would like to pursue more in, into the future? Uh, yeah, when I was in college, I actually took um, screenwriting classes and I really, really enjoyed it. I actually wrote my own entire movie script um, in one of my screenwriting classes Ooh, nice. um, about a year or so ago. And it was an amazing experience. And I love writing. As I said before, I write for Zelda Universe. So I still write um, on a daily basis. And I've been able to contribute to some of the scripting over at Sasso Studios, too. And I really love being able to be a part of the actual content creation process over at Sasso Studios. You know, helping Jim do the recording, do the editing. Um, you know, do the scripting, do the brainstorming, you know, it all, it gives me a lot of joy and I'm very grateful that I'm able to contribute in that way. Yeah, that's, um, pretty nice to hear, uh, especially when, um, you did say that you did, you, um, said that you did take uh, some screenwriting classes um, when you were in school. So at least that kind of did help you out in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and my next question is, so I know 
way earlier you mentioned that like you had a blue yeti and whatnot so um what is your current like equipment or programs do you do you use to record yourself personally like what is your um how would you describe your um recording setup as it is right at this present moment uh right now i have an at2020 and i also have a scarlet solo preamp and a mudguard that i use for recording to isolate sound um, and it works pretty well. I'm still looking into possibly upgrading my, uh, setup sometime in the future. But right now I would say that, you know, the AT2020 is definitely a really good microphone and has, you know, treated me well, um, over the past, I think six months I've been using it. Um, and the preamp is also very good quality too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you mentioned the AT202020 mic, is it um, a USB or is it an XLR mic? It's in the, uh, it, it goes through the preamp, so it's not a USB. Hmm, okay, yeah, because like XLR microphones, I hear that they're like, um, they're much, much superior and they're, um, they make your voice sound like even better and sexier. That's literally what people <laughs> say to me all the time. Like they always just tell me like, you know, um, Robert, if you get like an XLR mic, you, that blue Yeti and the USB stuff, psh, nah, you just might, you might only like use them for like podcasts and such, but the XMR AT, AT mics, 2020 or 5050-4040, they will literally they will become your best friends in the professional business. So better start upgrading into them, into them mics, make some big investments. <laughs> so uh, I'm just being really uh, sarcastic. I'm just kind of like, you know, goofing around. But no, in all seriousness, though, I am deaf. I'm considering about upgrading into an XLR AT mic. So uh, from what I got with the Blue Yeti and this um, pop filter right here, um, I say that it's do it's some um, pretty good for starting out, especially if you're running podcasts or if you're doing interviews or if like if you're in a if you get into like Skype calls or Discord or whatnot. But yeah, um, if you want to go more professional, definitely upgrade it to an XLR. Like for all of you audio nerds out there listening to this, <laughs> so <laughs> um, for like any projects that like you may audition for, um, do you kind of usually um go for like any non-paid roles or? Do you mostly go for like the pink stuff? Um, I do both. I do non-paid work and also paid work. Yeah. So what do you usually look for if you're wanting to find like a good project that you may want to audition for? Like what are some of the qualities that you would want to see it succeed? If you don't um, mind me asking. I think organization is key. I think that um when I'm looking at new projects to audition for, when I see that the project is very organized and also has a lot of the the scripting already done. I think that that's very important. Um, I've noticed that sometimes I, especially this happened a lot when I was first starting out, I would audition for a project and I would get cast and then I would find out that the director only had, you know, the first episode mapped out or, you know, only had like one or two scripts written and then he had all of these characters cast and, you know, we would get a couple of episodes in and then it would just kind of fizzle out. 
Um, and you know, that, that happens. And so I really tried to make it a point to find projects that, um, are very organized. I think that's one of the key things that I look for. Mm-hmm. So any favorite roles, um, like so far into online voice acting, uh, besides Tales, Amy Blaze and the Sonic characters that you provide for Jim, any other standout like other roles that you really enjoy doing? Um, I mean, recently I've only really been focusing on Sasso Studios and doing voice acting there. Um, I've done a couple of other projects, um, but I, I would definitely say that the work that I do at Sasso Studios is my absolute favorite. <laughs> Yeah, so pretty much all of the characters that you played for Sasso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tails, Amy plays, and all of the rest of the, yeah, all of the, you know, voices that he asks you mm. to play. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've been kind of curious because, um, uh, since we've been kind of discussing a little bit about voice actors and why not, so who are actually some of your, um, I guess, role models, like people that you look up to, um, those who are really influenced and inspired by, and you listen to them, to their work, and you're just like, wow, maybe I should do something like this someday. Maybe I want to get, maybe I should get a mic and maybe do some voice acting myself. But thanks to these people, people for like exposing me, for getting me into this. So anyone you look up to and um, online um, professional um, friends, etc. So those, any names that kind of stick, st that are some of the biggest standouts to you. Um, I mean, in general, I'm a giant fangirl. I, <laughs> I look up to so many people. Um, I definitely, when I was first starting out, um, Kaylin Glass, Tara Strong, Laura Bailey, mm, yeah. um, you know, some of those bigger names, um, they definitely had a big impact on my passion for wanting to start voice acting and then I have you know my voice acting friends now that are super successful and I'm so proud of them and they inspire me so basically like everyone inspires me like <laughs> in general I'm just a giant fangirl and when I you know, see somebody who's a voice actor or a singer and they're following their passions, you know, that is something that I really, really look up to. And I tend to go into fangirl mode <laughs> and like completely forget about, you know, anything that I've done. I'm just like, oh my God, they're so cool. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Um, any male of voice actors that um, comes to mind that you also look up to, since you mentioned the females? Um, Matthew Mercer, J. Michael Tatum. Um, mm -hmm. Man, there's there's a good amount. Um, Alejandro Saab. You know, there's there's oh there's Kagi a few. films. Huh? Yeah, Kagi films like the yeah, Dragon Ball yeah. Z and Total SpongeBob. Just yeah. absolute nerd when it comes to yeah. you know those two stuff. Yeah, he, and Muppets can't forget the Kermit for, for Frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's awesome. There's just so many wonderful, amazing people. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, 
it's not really entire it i mean like there's a lot of anime voice actors that i also look up to um like Vic Mignogna, Todd Habercorn, mm-hmm. Johnny Young Bosch, Crispin Freeman, Steve Bloom, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the big names out there. Um, let's see, I know there's a couple of others that I might forget. Um, okay, so there's also Kyle A. Bear and the guys of Dragon Ball Z, like Chris Abbott, Sean Shamal, Eric Valen, mm-hmm. many others. Um, Mich- Monica Real and Caitlin, like you said, Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, you know, some anime. Because, like, um, the thing with anime for me is, like, um, I didn't start watching it until, like, much, much later, like, at least around two, a year or two ago. So, mm-hmm. I'm just still kind of new to this stuff since I've started um, voice acting online since October of last year, actually. So, um, when it comes to BAs, I mostly look up to the ones that I grew up, um, like, when I'm watching the cartoons, like, the Western animation stuff. Um, mm. Like, being, a, you know, a big cartoon nerd... Um, I always loved the classic stuff like, you know, the old Disney shorts, um, Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes, Popeye, um, Woody Woodpecker, and um, a lot of the old tunes. Um, I still, I always look up to um, people like Mel Blaine, June Foray, um, and like the Scooby-Doo actors, um, like Frank Welker. Um, he's still working today. Um, Dawes Butler, Don Messick, and... Um, B. Benedict, and like just um, many others. Um, but I always consider like Mel Blanc to be just um, somebody I, if he's, if he was still alive and living, I would honestly shake his hand and actually say thank you for like, um, I just wanted to, you know, go out there and entertain people and, you know, touch, um, like, whether it be for comedy or it could be, like, just making a lasting, iconic cartoon character. Because um, I always loved watching the Looney Tunes, like um, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, and a lot of the other characters were all t- were all played by this one guy. And I was like, um, whoa, I want to do something like that. I want to do so many characters with just um, with so many characters and the acting the stuff. And there's also people like... Um, Tara Strong and Gray Delisle, Tris McNeil, um, Tom Kenny, Billy West, Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, Jim Cummings, um, Corey Burden, Richard Horvitz, and um, James Arnold Taylor. Like um, James Arnold Taylor is a um, is another big influence because um, if you watch his um, like he does this hour long um, version of like um, I'm talking to myself and um, the fact that he could go through like so many impressions and just nail them and he goes. He quickly moves from like one impression to the next. That was impressive. Mm-hmm. Like that's some real skill and talent right there. So Absolutely. I always look up to James, like um, because he plays a lot of characters. Like um, he voices characters like as wide and diverse as um characters like Johnny Test or Fred Flintstone, and um, mm-hmm. like just the same way how I feel about Tom Kenny. Like um, he's SpongeBob and he's the Ice King. He's dog from cat dog the mayor from the powerpuff girls and um heather from rocko's modern life all shows that i grew up watching and even with billy west like um ren and stimp both ren and stimpy actually um and on doug he's doug um the red m&m bugs bunny and albert fudd and on futurama like he plays philip j fry and professor farnsworth zoidberg and zap brannigan like um they all four of those characters were played by the same dude. Mm. And I'm just like, whoa, this is insane. And yeah. um, 
with Rob Paulson, um, he can go from like the Ninja Turtles, um, like Raphael and Donatello to like Animaniacs where he's Yakko, Pinky, and a lot of the other characters, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. And I'm just like, uh, and listening to Rob Paulson's podcast, Talking Twos, which is, um, for the, oh, so just like a quick little plug in right here, um, Talking Twos with Rob Paulson is a great podcast for anybody who wants to get into voice acting. Um, it is highly recommended, um, because Rob himself is such a very, very sweet guy. And, um, he really talks a lot about like, you know, um, voice acting and brings on the guests and he's super funny. And, um, like when he gets the actors together and does like, um, script readings with the actors doing the character voices, like, um, Goofy and the Godfather and stuff like that, like with Bill Farmer and, yeah, just it's a nice, great podcast to anybody um, if they wanted to listen in and have a good time. And or if you want to be if you want to go into like, you know, the more nitty gritty, the voice acting mastery with Crispin Freeman is definitely another recommendation. Um, Crispin really goes a lot into because for those who don't know, he plays Alucard and Helsing and um, mm -hmm. uh, Itachi and Naruto and does many other characters. So um and he also has like a big theater background. So, um, of course, naturally, he would be seen the type who does offers like these online voice acting workshops, which um, for the record, I'm currently looking into. Um, I might want to take one of his workshops someday, but it's kind of expensive. And plus, every time I try to go online, they always sell out. So, <laughs> yeah, just I'm just going to keep trying and not giving up. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so like for singing, um, what are some of your favorite songs that you mostly like to I guess kind of break into like if you want to go into a song or like practice your singing what are some of your favorite songs that you like to listen to um i really like lilium from elfin lead <laughs> i'm not sure if you're familiar with that anime Nah, <laughs> i don't really watch much anime sorry mm. no it's okay it's just a really really pretty uh opening um for elfin lead um, I don't know. I, I really like a lot of pop music. <laughs> I sing a lot of pop, especially in the car. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, speaking of, you know, anime, I just want to ask, like, what are some of your favorite shows? Like, anime, animation, cartoons, just anything, like, TV shows, if you want to extend to live action. So, shows that you really like to watch. Um, those shows that you watched as a kid that you, and you, some shows that you still watch, that you watch now, um, that, you really, really seem to enjoy, and you just might want to recommend to anybody listening that they should give it a watch right, right away. When I was younger, I watched a lot of Code Lyoko. <laughs> I love Code Lyoko. Mm. I love wow. Danny Phantom, um, Teen Titans. Yes. You know, like yes. those are my shows. Like I absolutely loved those. You know, Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know, those yeah. were the shows that really got me into kind of having this passion for um, just animation and wanting to, you know, someday do voiceover. Um, you know, I definitely attribute those shows to the beginning of my passion, even though I wasn't really aware at the time that, you know, that was something that I really wanted to do. Um, right now for anime, I've been watching um, My Hero my hero Academia. Uh, I really, really like that Great anime. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I was, um, as a kid, 
like I said, going back into the cartoons, um, nerd gas I'm here. Um, I mostly watched a lot of Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon as a kid, and even Disney. Um, some of my favorites were, um, it's a long list, but like some of my standout favorites are, um, I always loved watching like, um, uh, I like Doug. Um, I really loved Rugrats when I was a kid. Um, and I was, I was somebody who, I was more somebody who really liked, you know, the zany, like zanier, weirder, like kind of shows. That's why I kind of, I'm surprised that like my mom let me watch Ren and Stimpy. Like I kind of got away with watching that show. Um, and Rocco's Modern Life and, um, like even the down to earth shows like Hey Arnold, I really loved as a kid and I still watch it to this day. Um, it kind of comes on on, um, this programming block called, um, The Splat, which is a 90s programming block where, um, you can watch a lot of your favorite classic 90s shows. Um, and I think they're on BRV the last time I, they're now, um, they're bringing them to this, um, uh, streaming service called VRV if you've, um, kind of heard the news. But like, um, yeah, if you're anybody listening and to your, to you, Megan, of course. But, um, Hey Arnold was another big one. Um, I loved SpongeBob, um, the first three seasons and, um, the two movies, um, I hear, I know that they're making a third movie, um, that's coming out in another two years, I think, which is kind of crazy to think about because, like, SpongeBob's been going on for, like, over two decades now. No, um, it's been forever. And, yeah, yeah. So, like, did you watch SpongeBob as a kid? Kind of oh, yeah. curious. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah, like kept up with the show. like the more recent episodes, but when I was younger, yeah. I watched a lot of SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, what were yeah, what were some of your favorite episodes from the show? Oh gosh, specifically, um, whew. um, trying to delve back into when I was younger. Oh my goodness, um, I like the episode where. Um, I forget even what the plot of the episode was, but it was the one where, like, they, they had, like, a, it was, like, a musical episode, and it's, like, a grill, it's just a grill. <laughs> I don't oh, remember oh, which yeah. one that I, was. <laughs> I, I almost thinking of the name, like, it was the episode where, like, um, Plankton, um, has Spongebob, I think. Wasn't that the one where like they were they, they were singing about the grill yeah. and um it was also the one where like um Plankton voices SpongeBob to work under Plankton because I think Crafts of Plankton Crafts lost a bet to him. I think it's been like forever since I've seen it, but I always remembered the one scene where like um like Plankton threatens to replace SpongeBob's brain and like I think he actually did and like um the joke was like it went something like um I command you to make a Krabby Patty. I don't wanna <laughs> i think that was like that was the episode i believe but yeah that one where like um yeah i command you to make it and the part where he has to move the grill around a lot yeah that always stood out to me um but yeah i'm just kind of like a spongebob nerd in case you can already tell but i do watch other shows it wasn't like entirely related to spongebob even though i was kind of hugely obsessed with it lord please help me um i also loved fairly odd parents and danny phantom um i think i watched tough puppy like butch Hartman was honestly um i think he still is one of my um big influences in animation um because i love the shows that he makes so i mean i used to watch a lot of those so um i hear that he's doing a lot of big things in his life so good luck to him out there um and avatar and um 
yeah, I think that's pretty much all of the shows that kind of stood out to me on Nickelodeon. So Cartoon Network, um, the original cartoons like Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, um, Ed and Eddie, Courage, The Cowardly Dog, another one. Um, the show kind of like freaked me out when I was a kid, but now I just, I like the really weird, like out there zany, crazy stuff. So <laughs> I'm like really more into the weird um like the zany horror shows like courage so yeah innovator mm. zim surprisingly was another one i was surprised that i watched as a kid invader so, zim um, scared me <laughs> yeah courage scared me and invader zim sort of terrified me yeah no it actually i literally hit underneath my covers because <laughs> like um from courage and invader zim but ren and stimby more like um it was like, what am I watching? <laughs> it didn't like scare me, but it was like really bizarre to watch with like some shows that you were watch that you. It's kind of like the thing, like when the shows that you grew that you mostly grew up with. The, um, when you get older, you realize there's a lot of stuff that they actually got away with in yeah. the shows, like that completely flew over your head as a kid. Um, I can't really think of any examples because. Um, yeah, I just want to quickly move on over to the next couple of questions um, here. So 